0: people without a mic, and I have Elizabeth there who told me that I use 100% of my, what was it you told me, optimal pitch, Uh, so there you go, Uh, I I guess I'm able to do, that's about the only thing I'm able to do, that Jesus did, loud enough, I'm always used, uh, in fact very few people have ever said they never heard, they can't hear me. So if you can't, can you hear me in the back? You can hear me in the back, good. Anyway, I was saying thank you uh, for support, but I have to tell you what was funny. We came here in August. Uh, I always, Alice wants to come all the time, wants to go around Connecticut, visit her old places, people, well, people aren't, well, some of them are old, but old places and see people. And so we came to visit. So not to speak, we had a wonderful time, but when we came, there are some greeters there. I'm not saying who. And we open the door and they said, hey, what are you doing here? Uh, that's, that's a, uh, is that the normal Brantford welcome? <laughs> so anyway, no, it's really good to be here with you. And uh, I don't know how many of you have your smartphone with you, but I want you to get it out, if you would. I mean, you don't have to. I don't know if there's, elders have a rule about that, but uh, get it out. Go to uh, go to YouTube. It's search engine on YouTube, and type in F O I F O I. Equip E Q U I P. So, all right. I, I'm just. I, I, I'll say it again. Go to YouTube. And when you find YouTube, or when it comes up, or if you just want to jot it down using uh, pencil and paper, go to the search engine of a YouTube and type in FOI, that stands for the group I'm with, Friends of Israel, EQIP, E-Q-U-I-P. You could space it. It's probably wise to space it. And when you click that scroll down, there should be, you might have to type in the search engine in addition, uh, Jew and Gentile, because it, you should be able to see my face, I'm sorry about that's it, that's it, you got it, uh, we have a podcast that's also on YouTube, and we've uh, we've done 12 of them, and it is hilarious, oh, somebody's already playing it, that's great, Aveinu Shalom Aleichem, I'm only telling you, if you're interested, at least you know how to do it, um, FOI, we're going through the book of Leviticus, we take news items that are happening in Israel, and then each week I take a Yiddish word of the week. Uh, And it's a fun time, and people who are finding out about it, if you have a podcast on Apple, Amazon, whatever you might use, you could podcast it. I just wanted you to be able to see it for yourself so you're aware of it. Okay, enough of the commercial. I'd like you to turn with me to Daniel. Daniel chapter 8. Daniel chapter 8. And let me get there. And I'd like to start reading in verse 5. Daniel chapter 8 and verse 5. And as I was considering, behold, a he goat came from the west over the face of the whole earth and touched not the ground, and the goat had a notable horn between his eyes. And he came to the ram that had two horns, which I had seen standing before the river, and ran unto him in the fury of his power. And I saw him come close unto the ram, and he was moved with anger against him, and smote the ram, broke his two horns, and there was no power in the ram to stand before him. But he cast him down to the ground and stamped upon him, and there was none that could deliver the ram out of his hand. Therefore, the Hego grew very great. And when he was strong, the great horn was broken, and for it came four notable ones toward the four winds of heaven. And out of one of them came forth a little horn, which grew exceedingly great towards the south and towards the east and toward the pleasant land. And it grew great even to the host of heaven, and it cast down some of the host and of the stars to the ground and stamped upon them. Yea, he magnified himself even to the prince of the host, and by him the daily sacrifice was taken away, and the place of the sanctuary was cast down. And a host was given him against the daily sacrifice by reason of transgression, and it cast down the truth to the ground, and it continued and prospered. Then I heard one saint, or holy one, speaking, and another holy one, or saint, said unto that certain holy one who spoke, how long shall be the vision concerning the daily sacrifice and the transgression of the desolation to give both the sanctuary and the host to be trampled underfoot? And he said unto me, Unto 2,300 days, then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. Okay, I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but it's important to know that Daniel... It was written while he was in Babylon. It's about 500 years before Christ, before songs we just sang, uh, as we remember the birth of our Savior. So it's about 500 years before Christ comes. What's happening here is a transition, not quite the end of the second uh, part of Nebuchadnezzar's dream. If you remember, Babylon was gold, and then Medo-Persia, and then Greece. This is this is a transition where uh, uh, we have a power. Greece, Alexander, being e uh, dying, he takes over very quickly, and four generals take over from that kingdom, and that's what this is about. It's prophetic, uh, and it leads to a period of time about one seventy one. B.C. Okay, so we move forward. This is prophetic, and it's 171 B.C. The two of the powers who overtook the other two—one's called the Seleucids. They're up north in Syria. To the south is the Ptolemies. They're they're to the south in Egypt, and the Pleasant Land is in between. Not why am I telling you all this? Because it's boring. Well, it sets up what I want you to then see in John chapter 10. And then we're going we're gonna to take John 10 and Daniel chapter 8, and that's the cookie uh, to what we're going to talk about, to the Oreo, which is the filling, and that's going to be the feast day of Hanukkah. Let's go to John John chapter 10. In John chapter 10 and verse 22. Okay, so remember, we read Daniel. That's prophetic. Not everybody agrees that's prophetic, including my own people who say Daniel is a history book, not a book on prophecy. Uh, There's strong disagreement. We're not going to discuss that here. That's for scholars in a room somewhere, needless to say, I know that the vast majority of born-again Bible-believing Christians believe it's prophetic, and I know the people here do as well. So, verse 22, it was at Jerusalem, okay, so we're in Jerusalem, and it's winter, ah, and it's the Feast of Dedication, it's Hanukkah. So why am I reading John 10 after I read Daniel chapter 8? Because in between these two events, and by the way, we just sang songs related to uh, Christmas, birthday of Christ, extremely important. If what we're going to talk about today didn't happen, we wouldn't be celebrating Christmas. In other words, without the Feast of Dedication, there is no Christ. Because remember, Jesus is first century. He's the one that started off. We date from him. And so you back 171 years, and we have uh, Antiochus Epiphanes from the Seleucids, in fulfillment of Daniel chapter 8. So let's, let's talk about what exactly, what exactly all this means. Well, as we think of Hanukkah, Hanukkah is the feast of dedication. And the four features of Daniel chapter 8 is a dictator arises, a cruel dictator arises. He's the little horn spoken about in Daniel chapter 8. He persecutes Israel. He stops the daily uh, sacrifice of the temple, and it's in judgment of the Jewish people. The Jewish people are God's chosen people. You get Jewish people and they know that, they learn that, they don't like it as a general rule, they wish he chose somebody else. And the reason they'll say that is because stuff has happened to them. And what we're talking about at Hanukkah, 171 B.C., by the way, if you read a Jewish history book, it will be B.C.E. They don't say B.C. When I was growing up, B.C. is before Christ. We don't say that. We say before the common era. That name is so emotionally upsetting that we added an E and changed the whole thing. It communicates the same thing. So we have Antiochus Epiphanes, Antiochus actually went through the the land from north to south to attack Egypt. He wanted to take over Egypt. Uh, Those four kings who uh, arose uh, from Greece when Alexander died, those four fought. Two were powerful, Syria and Egypt. He comes down, and there's a new power that's just arising. Uh, The Bible reader wouldn't be surprised. That power just beginning to arise is Rome. And Rome gives a warning to Antiochus and tells him if he attacks Egypt, and he's already down there with his soldiers, he's going to have to pay from them. And he knows he doesn't have the power to overcome them. So he heads back up to Syria. And on his way up, he decides to assert himself as God manifest, pagan to the hilt, desiring the Jewish people to either assimilate, that is, Hellenize, very common thing in those days, by the way, common now. Uh, It's interesting as we think of assimilation. uh, Throughout Jewish history, There have been people who've tried to assimilate the Jews, uh, that is, to make them become uh, Gentile, behave Gentile. Uh, Hellenism, during the time of Jesus, even. uh, The Greeks brought uh, Hellenism. Uh, They were the ones that had nude uh, uh, sports games. And Jews who were assimilated, Hellenist Jews, actually went to doctors to cover up their circumcision so that they could blend in. They would eat pork, a terrible thing to do. Um, Tasty, certainly, but a terrible thing to do, especially at that time. So um, you have this period of time Antiochus is trying to take over. He outlaws Judaism, Jewish practice, no circumcision. No, uh, being at the temple, no sacrifices. And the best way to do that is to kill a pig, desecrate the temple, desecrate it, and outlaw Jewish people. The story is told, and you can read it in an apocryphal book. It's not biblical. The holiday we're talking about is not found in Leviticus 23, seven feasts of Israel. It's not there. In fact, you can't find Hanukkah That Hebrew word Hanukkah, anywhere in the Old Testament, because it takes place in what we call the intertestamental period, Uh, about 400 years uh, between the last book in the Older Testament and the first book in the New Testament. So you have Antiochus, who is sending out soldiers to go all over the land and to make Jewish people compromise their lifestyle. That is, he would take soldiers. They found the leader of that community. So you picture soldiers coming to Brantford. They'll take an elder from here. Uh, if this was a Jewish congregation, they would take the elder, have him come up. Everybody seated. They killed a pig, roasted it, and wanted him to eat it. Now, that might not sound like a bad thing to you, but... Uh, But it is a horrendous thing to compromise the law of God, the holy God, the one we spoke about, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the one we worship, who had given at that time. There's no Jesus Christ. There's no church. There's no New Testament. The only way you can live for God is through the revelation that he gave. And our people were having trouble with that, big-time trouble. Well, there was no problem. There was a Hellenist Jew who stood up and came forward. It's so infuriated. Mattathias Maccabee. Mattathias Maccabee, a high priest, who came and saw that man and killed his fellow Jewish man. His sons, he had five sons. Five sons rose up with their father, Middle Eastern father. Man, if he's standing up and he's doing this, we're with you, Dad. And boom, they attack and killed them all. The Jewish people didn't have an army at that time. It's not like the Israeli army now. What happened frightened almost all the farmers. That's what Jewish people were, farmers. The Maccabee family fled to the mountains and invented guerrilla warfare. You hit and run. You hit and run. In Daniel, it says there are 2,300 days. It's 2,300 days that Antiochus ruled or was trying to rule that area from BCE or BC uh, 171 to 164 BC. Well, what happened over time is an amazing thing. Over time, there was victory after victory, hit and run. More Jewish people got uh, the chutzpah, if you will, the oomph, the desire to defend themselves. And they were not going to be overrun. And what happened in 164 B.C., the Jewish people were able to take back the Temple Mount. It's an amazing thing, a historical event. They come to the temple. They they Pig blood. The soldiers romping, romping through the temple, desecrating everything throughout the temple. What were they going to do? The the stone from the altar were now desecrated. They took those stones and laid them to the side. And they said, traditionally, only Messiah will know what to do with stones that were holy for the offering and now desicc- desecrated. So they set them to the side. They rededicated the temple. And the story is that there was only one cruise of oil for the Menorah in the holy place, a seven branched menorah. And so they lit it, the story goes, and knew that it would only last 24 hours, and they knew that they needed kosher high priest sealed oil. But they lit it anyway, and the story is it lasted eight days in time to get more kosher oil. And the Jewish people celebrated rejoice that's pretty typical for us minus yom kippur just about every jewish holiday is we're in trouble big trouble people are being killed and hurt god raises up somebody to help us we celebrate and then we eat. it's always that way hanukkah is no exception in fact i want to show you a few things because we're going to go back to john but i want to show you a couple things that might Monday was the last day of Hanukkah. This actually is a menorah. It's not seven-branched, and it's not eight-branched. Uh, this one I used uh, back when I was growing up. My mother just gave it to me, my 97-year-old mother. Well, I want to, I want to uh, play a song for you. Hopefully you'll be able to hear it. Can you hear that? Anybody ever hear I had a, made a little dreidel? Great song. Okay, that's good. I got some fun stuff here. You got to know what Jewish people do. This one is fantastic. Oops. All right. Now, hopefully you'll be able to see it. We gave them all to our grandkids. So it plays that song, and then it'll play a song, Mo'otsur. All right, that gives you the idea. There you go. Uh, And by the way, for anybody who wants to, I don't have many, but I have enough. I think I have enough. If you want to take a dreidel for your kids, uh, I have a bag. I'll leave it up here. I'll set it over here. We'll leave the bag there, and you can do that. I just think Hanukkah is a fun time. Uh, we eat food that relates to oil. Oil for potato latkes. Any Germans here besides my wife? Oh, there you go. Okay, you've had potato pancakes, I'm sure. So potato pancakes are eaten. Donuts. Big on donuts. The oil. Anything to remind us of uh, the great miracle that happened. And why the dreidel? Well, on the dreidel are four letters uh the the letters are Neskadol hayasham uh, a great miracle happened there so when i was growing up i spun the dreidel we had hanukkah gelt a little candy uh you bet i know you don't do that in most christians ho- christian home but it's i've actually uh, gotten not in trouble but actually maybe converted a few people to gamble with chocolate gelt i've done that at churches I think I did it here a number a number of years ago where we passed out the gelt you spin the dreidel and you either add one take some it, it all depends it's it's a way of remembering what the children did to participate in that rebellion the story is that when the soldiers were planning to go to a particular place they'd have a meeting and little kids would find where they met and play games near them and have somebody listen, and they were able to tell the adults where they're going. They prepared to ambush them, and that helped win the day. So we remember all those things. So Antiochus wanted to wipe the Jewish people out. You know, there's a verse in, the, in Jeremiah, very important verse. It's actually uh, from Jeremiah 31, starting in verse 35 and going to verse 37, is the formula to destroy. All the Jews. It's the formula. Adolf Hitler, come on down. Read Jeremiah. I'll tell you how to kill the Jews. Antiochus, come on down. Read Jeremiah. I'll tell you how to kill the Jews. Name the person. Even the church. If you uh, know your church history, you know that the Crusaders, they had the giant red cross. It wasn't to give blood. It was to take blood, and they were going against the infidels, which were, for them, Islam. But on their way, killing Jews is no problem. They're the Christ killers. So you want to wipe us out? Jeremiah 31, verse 35 to 37 says you've got to go to the sky, turn off the light to the sun. The moon won't reflect its light. And then measure the earth. And measure the universe. If you could do those three things, the text says you'll destroy my people. That's what God says. And so he said, well, wait a minute, that's, that's impossible. Bada bing, bada boom. You know? Okay, now that gives you the background. So we have the prophetic truth that Daniel provides to a person who's coming who's going to be an arm of the Lord to help judge his people, but who goes overboard, asserting himself as God, and he is defeated. The Jewish people rebel, take over. Mattathias Maccabee dies. His son Judah Maccabee takes over. And you have a group of uh, people that go all the way to the time of Christ, Hasmonean. Uh, They trace their lineage to the Maccabee victory. And what happens over those hundred and uh, sixty years or so is that they get corrupt again. And that's the kind of atmosphere that the Lord Jesus is born into and that he comes to. And now I want you to come to John chapter 10 again. John chapter 10. Now, John chapter 7. It's the end of Sukkot, the seventh feast of Leviticus 23. Uh, in John chapter 7 and verse 2, Now the Jews' feast, feast of tabernacles was at hand. These are great passages. And if you understand and go through the feasts and understand their significance, they teach great truth for the church of Jesus Christ. In verse 37, On the last day, Hoshana Rabbah, In the last day of that great day of the feast, it says in verse 37, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believes on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart, heart shall flow rivers of living water. As Jesus was roaming about, authenticating his Messiahship, offering himself as the king, and offering the kingdom to the Jewish people, There were different responses, including to his miracles. Look in verse 40. Many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying, said, Of a truth, this is the prophet. They're referring to Deuteronomy 18, Moses. Deuteronomy 18, 15. Others said, this is the Messiah. This is the Christos. This is the Christ. Verse 43 says, So there was a division (laughs) isn't there a division today certainly amongst jewish people but there's a division concerning jesus christ i i noticed the verse up here this verse is one of my favorite verses if you like to talk to people and if you like talk radio talk radio talk radio is confrontational my wife hates talk radio i love talk radio When you quote that verse in our culture today, be prepared. This is hate speech today. I don't think it's hate speech. I think it's the greatest news ever. The fact that God would provide one way at all is amazing to me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's what Jesus was trying to show. And in John chapter 7, we can see the backdrop. That's Sukkot. John chapter 8, a woman is caught in adultery. This isn't chronological, but John is definitely trying to go forward here. And here's a woman, and he forgives her her sin. He writes in the sand something that makes all those Pharisees who were yapping at her and telling her how sinful she was and all that, whatever he wrote in there, and every I've heard all kinds of messages people think they know. I don't know, but I know this. Whatever it was, it shut them up, and they left. It's amazing. Uh, In verse twenty-four of chapter eight, it says, "I said, I said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am He, ye shall die in your sins." This is serious business here in chapter eight. And then you come to chapter nine, and you have a blind man who's healed, a blind man who's healed. And if you read, you have one, two, three, four different times they're asking Jesus, how did this happen? Or asking a blind man, how did this happen? How? How did this happen? If you know the context, he's demonstrated who he is. There's no question of what he's trying to teach. The only question is, why don't they believe? Here's a blind man who can see. Uh, It's very interesting... Uh, uh, verse 25, the blind man saying, look, whether he's a sinner or not, I know not. One thing I know that whereas I was blind, now I see. Jesus authenticated who he is in chapter 9, and now we come to chapter 10. Remember Sukkot? Sukkot is where they have the tabernacle or, or, or kind of a, a home that's decorated. They At the temple, they've had four huge lights, big menorahs that glowed for miles. It was there that Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And now in John chapter 10, after all this, here's my point. After, I don't know, 35 minutes or 40 minutes. It's at Jerusalem. The feast of dedication. It's Hanukkah. And Jesus is walking in the temple in Solomon's porch. It's the 25th of Kislev. Yes, before December 25th, the Hebrew month of Kislev was this, is this day, this holiday, this remembrance from the book of Maccabees as a day of joy, eight days of joy, of light. In fact, uh, when you read uh, Maccabees, it talks about the fact that since Sukkot was not celebrated because of Antiochus, this was a kind of a reestablishment, a theme, if you will, of what Sukkot with light, the giant candles, would be like. And that's why many people think they have the menorah. So, Jesus is walking in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? Are you kidding me? All he has done is demonstrate who he is, time after time after time. And he uses the Jewish feast and even the Jewish holiday to demonstrate who he is. They knew who he was. The blind man, you could could almost say when you think about it, you see the blind man now uh, that sees, uh, and how could they be so blind? Seeing people so blind. The Jews came around about him and unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If you are the Messiah... If you are the Mashiach, tell us plainly. He already has done that. Their hearts are hard. Just like there's Gentile people's heart that's hard. And just like Jewish people's hearts that are hard. Lord willing, when you have a Christmas remembrance, I think Christmas is the, uh, Sunday is the day after Christmas. If you have any kind of uh, church singing and some folks come in, They're going to be called Christer's. You know what a Christer is? Christer is somebody comes to church on Christmas and Easter. They think they're Christians. They think they're Christians. Uh, They were raised that way. Uh, They come for the presents. They come for the Easter eggs. They come for the holiday, for the food, for the family, and for the fellowship. All good. But that doesn't make them Christians. And just being born Jewish, even just embracing the law, Jesus is the promised one from the word. He's demonstrated who he is. And they say, look, if you are the Christ, will you tell us? And he has been telling them. But then Jesus uses the feast of dedication to drive home a doctrine that is so precious to us in the church. Look at what he says. First of all, he talks about his sheep in verse 27. Well, verse 26. Um Well, verse 25, Jesus answered, I told you, and you believe not the works that I do in my Father's name. They bear witness of me, but you believe not because you are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep, remember, he's the door in chapter 10 of the sheep, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my Father's hand. Now, I don't know about you, for me, understanding Hanukkah, the Feast of Dedication. Without Hanukkah, there'd be no Jesus. Hanukkah is another way that God demonstrated I'm keeping my promise to my chosen people even when they sin like crazy. Even when they disobey me, my promise supersedes their disobedience. And I am telling you, that because of Hanukkah, there's Jesus. And now Jesus is saying, look, my sheep, they know who I am. I'm the door. I'm the good shepherd. In other parts of the New Testament, we'll hear about not only the good shepherd, but the great shepherd in Hebrews chapter 13 and the chief shepherd in 1 Peter. But Jesus says, no one, will pluck them out of my father's hand. I don't know about you, but Hanukkah shows that God is faithful to his promise, regardless of his people. His plan is going to happen. By the way, Antiochus is but a type, but a type of someone who's going to come who surpass Adolf Hitler, who surpass anything that the pogroms in Tsarist Russia did who surpassed what the quote church did will surpass any anti-Semitism that Islam has done. Antiochus is but a type of a period of time that we learn about in the book of revelation of the 70th week of Daniel. We were in chapter eight, Daniel chapter nine tells us about 70 weeks. Well, well, that's good news to me. Jesus is showing eternal security in him. So if you're here, and I would bet, I know I bet because of Dreidel, uh, and I, but other than that, I don't bet, but I would bet that if you've walked with the Lord any period of time, at least once you've had a doubt. I know I have. Maybe it was some sin you did that you were conscious of and you, you just said, oh, I'm unworthy. The Apostle Paul said he was the chief of sinners. He thought about it all the time. If you've trusted Christ, big if, if you have, if you've received him as your Savior, you need to know he keeps his promise in spite of you, in spite of me, he keeps his promise. That's what Hanukkah is about. By the way, we sang Emmanuel. That's what Hanukkah is about. At the Feast of Dedication, Jesus, Yeshua, Emmanuel, God with us, God with them, at that temple, at Hanukkah. Look, as we close, I just want you to turn to 1 John chapter 1. First John chapter 1 I told I showed you the menorah wherever it is I showed you the menorah it's got 8 slots for a candle right And then one outstanding candle According to Jewish tradition we take one candle at a time it goes from right to left So the first day is two candles Second day is three, and on you go. Well, why the ninth candle? It's funny that the Maccabees, the Jewish history book, apocryphal, talks about joy and celebration and light. This candle is called the Shamus candle. It's, it's an amazing thing to think about around Christmas time. According to Jewish tradition, you can't light these eight candles without this one. And this one is called the servant candle. So they light the servant candle. The rabbis tell you, I was in Hebrew school, don't you dare light those other candles. It's always only this candle. Without this candle, none of these candles get light. None of them. Have you or any of your kids ever sang that song, This Little Light of Mine? That's a great song. At least I think it's a great song. Where'd they get the light? Where'd they get that little light? Where do you want it to co- It doesn't come from us. It's not self-generated. It has to come from the one we'll celebrate December 25th, the one who is willing to take on flesh, the one middle person in the Godhead, who was willing to be confined to flesh for all eternity willing to be humbled spit upon to serve to serve and without him there is no light and so what does it say in 1st John I'm not there yet 1st John chapter 1 and starting in verse 5 then this is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto this is John speaking. Same guy wrote the gospel of John, the same one who saw Jesus uh, when he metamorphosized, the same one who saw the glory of God, and he said, This is of which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. So if we say we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light... Oh, folks, this Christmas season, let's walk in the light. Let the light of Christ guide and direct us. I know there's presents. I love them. My wife loves to to shop for those grandkids. I mean, no question about it. it, we're consumed as consumers. I'm with you. Hey, by the way, I like the dreidel. My wife bought that too. For I love all that stuff. But that's not what Christmas is. That's not even close what it is. I love the food. I know what many of you will be having, ham, the ham of God that takes away the sins of the world. I, I, I get it. I'm okay with ham. I am okay with ham. But it's not the food as much as I like food. Walk in the light. Jesus provided the light. He's the light of Hanukkah, the feast of dedication. He has the power, more than Judah Maccabee, to defeat the enemy and to save us to the uttermost. Bless God for that this Christmas. As you think about Jewish people who just completed the feast of dedication. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, You're good. You're always good. We're not so good. We got issues. All kinds of issues. And the longer those of us who are living uh, several decades, the longer we live, the more issues, the more pimples, the more issues that we see. We can go back to the time of Antiochus, and certainly he was a horrible person. Evil. The personification of evil. And what he did to your chosen people is despicable. But Lord, by the grace of God, it could be us. We're capable of the most heinous sins there are. We're sinful. But yet you're the good shepherd. You're the great shepherd. You're the door to the sheepfold. And Lord, in this room, you've had a divine appointment with each one of us here. And as we see your faithfulness to the Jewish people, to take them to the place where the kingdom will be theirs, a literal people in a literal place headed by the greater son of David in Jerusalem for a thousand years as promised. But we as part of the church, we realize you'll keep your promise to us. So we thank God for the way you deal with your chosen people because it exemplifies what you do with us. So thank you. We ask, Lord, if there's anyone here who's not sure, they have a doubt, Lord, I pray they'd go to an elder or the person who brought them to myself, happy to talk, love to talk about Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. In Jesus' name, amen.